backup. Everybody needs a village. Everyone, Ooh. and I'm not talking about people that you work with or people that are within your circle. I'm talking about your safe place that checks you when like, girl, you got the case of the big head, okay? You think you are all that and let me just check you, pop. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about, girl, you bleeding on the people, you yelling and screaming. I'm talking about friends that come for your jugular that love you and will not allow you to evolve into this reprobate, but they will speak to your purpose and pull you back and say, hey, yo, you need a break. You need a vacation. You need a massage. You need church. <laughs> you need Jesus. Whatever your insert need is, you need the, those people in your life. And I'm not talking about, you know, 30, 40, 50. I'm talking about your devout three. You probably need to have, and, and I'm just a real, I'm free. I'm just really free. I got a group of friends that are ratchet. I got a group of friends that will go out, we turn up, we party. And it's just, we have a good time. And in that space, it's my release. I'm having fun. Also, I mean, I have balance where I won't go past a certain place, but then I have another group <laughs> right. of friends who can look me in my eyes and say, hey, hey, you're not spending enough time at the throne because you look worn. You're looking like you're trying to execute things. And then mm. I have a therapist. I, Jesus is great. I love him, <laughs> but I'm dealing with stuff right now. And sometimes I don't, I don't tap into all of the fruits of the spirit. Sometimes. This episode is brought to you by Reese's peanut butter cups In breaking news. Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help, but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's good, everybody? What's good, everybody? Welcome to Conversations for the Culture. Um, we're back here. I have an amazing interview. Uh, today that I've been looking forward to. Um, an amazing chef, an amazing uh, entrepreneur, amazing woman, but most importantly, she's just a genuine person. So I want to welcome Jamie Gilmore to the show. How are you feeling today? Hey, hey there. I am feeling amazing. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Cannot complain. Um, so before we, before we get into it, what I'm going to do, before we even get into the interview, I want to... Uh, do something I do with everybody who I bring on here. We do a little icebreaker, okay? Icebreaker. Cool. Basically, right. what we're going to do, we're going to play a real quick round of name slash word association. So I give you a name oh, or a word. Okay. Okay. And you, <laughs> and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind, all right? All right, cool. All right. Um, right. Let's start off with Rachel Ray. Cookbooks. Okay. I like that. Um, Bobby Flay. A restaurant tour. Super competitive. I like that. Soul food. Stories. I like that. I wanted you to say big mama your arm. Um, <laughs> um Gordon Ramsay. Amazing. Um, probably, uh, I, I, he's near and dear to my heart. So that's really funny. Mm. You should say Gordon Ramsay. Um, I feel like he is misrepresented yet. It's necessary for who he is. So you feel like people think that he's mean X, Y, and Z when he's not. I think that the persona is necessary for who he has created, like the the restaurants, the thing, the the lore. I think that's necessary. But mm -hmm. um, of having the pleasure of um, interacting with um, someone who works for him, I mean, like his his Sue. Um, she's not his Sue. She's exec, his exec. Um, just a totally different person. Very genuine. Very like very opposite. But what you see with all of that strength and all of that command is just a respect for an industry and will not settle for seconds. So yeah, I totally okay. dig that dude. I love totally that. dig I love that, that man. I love that. Yeah, he's one of my, I, I, I like watching uh, 
I like watching his programming. He's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I got one more yeah, for you. Pretty, okay? Yeah. All right. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is this is a hard. <laughs> this might be a hard one. Okay. Lizzie J. Wow. Lizzie J is love. Mm. Yeah. Lizzie J is love. Lizzie J is an evolution of a story. Uh, yeah, she she doesn't have walls or windows or limits. That's good. Yeah, Lizzie J is pretty. Yeah, she's pretty amazing. Awesome. So <laughs> since we're there, since we're there, we're gonna get right into the uh, interview. Okay. All right, so, let's go. Who is Lizzie J? Because a lot of people might be confused because they go to Lizzie J Cafe, they go to your um, pop ups and all that, and they see Lizzie J. Lizzie yeah. J. They go on the internet. Yeah. Lizzie J. And then it's like, wait a second. Her name is Jamie Gilmore. So tell yeah, us, yeah, who right? is Lizzie J? So Lizzie J is, so my name is Jamie Elizabeth. Uh, Lizzie J is the reversal of Jamie Elizabeth. Uh, I am the fifth generation um, of a female that um, their firstborn girl her name begins with a J in my family and her middle name is Elizabeth. So, mm. um, and to pay homage to uh, my family and the name and the legacy of all that stands on my shoulders, I thought it'd be pretty cool to call my space Lizzie J, but there's a twist because, you know, we all have a history. So the idea was to reverse the curse and reverse what was spoken. Um, Cause uh, unfortunately I don't necessarily uh, have the uh, <laughs> the best history. So um, I think it's pretty unique that I get an opportunity to retell my story. Wow, I love that. The whole reverse the curse. That's powerful right there. That's powerful. Yeah, that's who so, I am. so when we're talking about that, um, so are you the first, I know there's lots of, you know, with the name but are you the first chef um, in your line? I am. I am the first oh, chef in our family. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So yeah. talk to me then. Um, how did you, what made you fall in love with cooking? What made you want to become a chef? Because there's a lot of people out here, probably people listening who, um, you know, they call themselves chefs, but you know, they're not um, because that's just, the, that's just the real. And I've had your food. It's amazing. I just got to say, um, I've had your food. It's it's remarkable. Um, but a lot of people think that just because they're cook, they can cook good. Um, that makes them a chef. So talk to me, how did you, like, when did you fall in love with cooking? And then when did you know that, um, you wanted to, you know, move on from just cooking to making this a lifestyle of what you do? Okay. Um, so falling in love, I think, um, food became a language for me. Uh, probably uh, maybe at the age of 10. Um, and it also became a place where I found an identity. It also was a place where I got to hide. Um, yeah, food was, was a, my best friend probably and my worst, my worst enemy, if I'm real honest. So the, the love of it was like, um, I, I was forced into it. So I was super precocious. I was a kid that my grandmother, probably I could not go 10 steps before I would get in trouble. Uh, my mother was probably the hardest working woman I've ever seen in my life. Um, I would spend a lot of time with my grandmother and my godmother, um, two people who were my caretakers, both older. Um, and of course they had their everyday things that they did. And uh, you know, just being eight, nine, uh, who wants to sit in the kitchen? It's hot stuff's going on and when i had the opportunity i would sneak away and my grandmother would like call me back and out of punishment i learned to clean chicken i learned to clean greens um it was a punishment i would get stuck being literally her sous chef is what <laughs> what it was because i could not be trusted to be 10 feet from her because i knew that there was a world on the other side of that kitchen and that fence that i wanted to go hang out in and my nana was trying to get me to you know focus and it was just like uh, yeah but i want to go outside outside's calling so yeah that's um it was what started as a punishment um and what started as you're going to spend time with your grandmother because you can't be trusted to be by yourself so that's how it kind of was birthed 
not the story you were looking for, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no, no. That's good. That's good. Um, it's real. That's real. Like I didn't want to. Yeah, that's real. Uh, wow. I love that. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you said clean chicken um, because a lot of people don't clean their chicken. I've seen things on the Internet. Um, they simply rinse it with just some water really quick. Um, we talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago. I mean, probably like a couple of months ago when Paula Patton made that chicken where she just like ran some um, cold water on it. Maybe she cleaned it before. She cleaned it before. We're going to give Amen. Paula the benefit of the doubt. I'm, listen, Paula, <laughs> I will be in LA. So if you need somebody to help you, you give Lizzie J a call. I got there you. We go. You don't have to eat what dirty chicken. What would you chicken. say though? <laughs> what would you say to the people who said that? Um, like, listen, this is a real thing. What would you say to the people, um, who say, "Oh well, when you cook it, it becomes clean." So yes, once things reach a certain temperature, it mm-hmm. is it is cooked, and as far as being able to be a contaminant is eliminate it because it's reached a degree, a certain temperature. Sure. Um, I, I, my challenge is I don't know who touched it and I don't know how they handled it. And I don't Mm. know. So I, I want to rinse it. I want to put it in a little bit of a brine and anything that might be on it. I just, I I mean, that's just how I was raised. And I'm not so worried about the, if it's cooked to a certain thing, because that's one thing I'm more concerned. I just want to take things off of it that I don't want my family or people that I cook for to consume. Um, I just want to treat it like every bit of it, like it could possibly go on my body. So that's what people get. If you eat my food. I, I love that. And we, I hope you all are listening. And implementing <laughs> that. But no, that's one thing I love about you and how you handle food and even your restaurant. It's all mm-hmm. about, making sure that you're taking care of the people who's coming. It's the hospitality. It's you wouldn't serve anybody, anything that you weren't willing to put in your own body. No, I, I, I don't. That's yeah, a that's big very deal important. to me. I, yeah. It's, uh, I, I eat the things that are on my menu. <laughs> Probably <laughs> right. <than> I should, <laughs> but I do. I do. I love that. So as we're talking about, um, so you, you know, it was at early age, you said it was at around age 10 that you started getting into the kitchen and all yeah. of that. Um, can you talk to me about the journey? Like, where did you, at what point did you like, okay, I want to make a living doing this? At no point did I say I mm. wanted to make a living doing this. Okay. I mean, actually, um, I was actually running the opposite direction. Um, I've, this has always been a hustle. This has always been a thing where I have helped a friend out where I made food for someone or I've always had like the house that was inviting where I had a party and had people come into my home and and wanted to cook food. I've always had that. But um, I will say that coming, moving to Illinois, there was like, I so I've had a, probably an event planning business. I probably, I've had an event planning business for 20 years. So okay. in relocating to Illinois, I got rid of a lot of things that I did. I also had a catering business as well. So in the relocation, because obviously moving, I got rid of tons of things. I literally gave it away um, to a friend who is doing remarkably well with, with, with her business. And um, I didn't know I was sowing seeds. I, I, I didn't know mm. that I was like depositing into my future. I just knew that it wouldn't fit in the truck. And (laughs) I knew that um, it was, I I thought it was a season that had passed. You know what I mean? I thought it was just something that I enjoyed doing. And I thought it was a hustle. And um, hustles for me are just a a, a thing that you just do to make an extra dollar. It wasn't until coming here that a a couple, um, very, very, they are the reason that Lizzie J exists. um, That it went from a thought to pushing me to a space to doing it. Uh, they asked me, why don't you have a restaurant? And I said, cause I don't want one. And they said again, why don't you have a restaurant? And I repeated the same answer. So they invited me into a, a space where they invited the people, they created the space where I made meals. And in that, um, I even leading up to it, the fear of it, like literally tried to choke me out of doing it. I was talking to the couple and they were like, "Um, 
So like, I, I promise you, I think it was the week before. And I spoke to the husband who was the organizer and I just said, hey, so I'm really not feeling it. You know, I'm, I'm just, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm available to do it. He said, well, what's wrong? I was like, um, you know, I'm not really afraid or, of anything. And I'm, I'm literally trying to like convince them that I don't want to do it. He says, so you're, what you're telling me is that you're afraid of success. And I was like, I'm not afraid of anything. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not afraid of anything. And I'm literally all, you know, I'm gassing myself while I'm trying to protect how I'm really feeling. And he challenged me to persevere and to do the event. It was the best thing I ever did. Uh, it, I, I just, I got into a, my wheelhouse and just did what I loved. And I wasn't worrying about if it doesn't, I just did what I loved. And I, I had somebody ask me to sign the, the menu card. And they said, I want you to sign a menu card for when you blow up. I'm like, yeah, mm. key, 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 hilarious. They said, you have something really special. And I didn't see it. I didn't see, I just thought this is what I do. This is just what I've been around. It's just something that happens when I go into the kitchen. And I didn't know that it was an it until like probably just being in Lizzie J, being in the restaurant and just seeing the response. Mm. Real talk, when I discovered it was a thing, when I closed it on the four, uh, the Saturday before Easter, and just mm. the comments, the the yo, the <laughs> this, the just folk were upset with a girl. The yeah, I was shocked up. when I saw that post, because <laughs> I'm scrolling on Instagram and I was like, I know it, you lying. I was <laughs> like, what? That's when I had texted you and I was like, what's yeah, going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people, I remember, so I first found out about Lizzie J's because I started seeing all throughout my timeline. For those of you guys who don't know, we go to the same church, um, All Nations in Chicago. And I started seeing just all up and down my timeline, like about this lemonade and this sweet tea. Um, and then a friend of our show, uh, Gio Johnson, he was on our first episode for our listeners. Um, he's like, bro, you got to try this sweet tea. You got to try this sweet tea. And then I tried it and I'm like, yo, this is amazing. And then one thing I really, that stood out was when we went, um, when we had come the first time I had come there, it's just like, when you get in there, it's just a family environment. It's a home environment. Um, all the workers, you know, it's not just you, it's the workers was just very nice, very kind. The music mm -hmm. was good, the food was amazing. I had shrimp, I'll never forget, I had shrimp and grits. Um, <laughs> and the shrimps were actually like big shrimps, not little baby shrimps. We did 1620s, yes, yes, yes. At the U15 yes. for those in the industry, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the crazy thing was, I didn't finish it all, I took it home. Um, and was able to reheat it, and it was just as good. And that was the very first time in my whole entire life that I've ever reheat, reheated grits. Like, that's amazing. Blew my mind. So then I was like, yo, I got to tell everybody about this place. And I think that's <laughs> one of the beauties of what Lizzie J's is, is it's word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, so real talk, I really just thought, you know, all nations love me, really. Uh, so right. we would every week, <laughs> every week, I would be, you, we would be at capacity, um, folks at All Nations, like people, how'd you know? And everybody would always say, oh, somebody from All Nations referred me. It was, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and, and we would be at capacity. But what happened is the neighborhood began to walk by and they mm. couldn't get in. So the neighborhood mm. was my Wednesday, Thursday, Friday folks, when they were like, excuse me, but what is this goodness? And it just, <laughs> it became a thing. And right. I, I'm just so honored. I'm, I'm actually blown away. And mm -hmm. I'm just blown away that it even happened, much less, much less I get to do what I love. You know what I mean? I get to do the thing that I wake up every day and I'm still excited. Mm, I love that. So let's <laughs> let's go. So okay, so you were doing what Chicago was bumping. You know, everybody was loving the Chicago um, location. Yeah. And you already mentioned that you did close it. Um, I did. What What was the was it uh, issue of coming out of the pandemic? Because I know a lot of restaurants closed during that time. Uh, did that have a lot to do with the decision? No, um, if I am a thousand, I mean, I, I don't know any other way. Um, so we probably, okay, not probably, we did better in the pandemic 
than what, what I, I mean, <laughs> we did better in 2020 than what was projected. And I, I am still in awe um, mm. because what we did in 2020 has propelled me to be able to be where I am now. Um, yeah. So the closing of the restaurant, if I'm like really a thousand, um, it was, I really believe faith is a big deal to me. I'm totally honest. Um, I believe that the reason why we opened that corner space was to, to push out what was possible. And in doing that, um, yeah. it just kind of changed the perspective. So, I mean, it, so if you've ever been, it's barely 1500 square feet. It's a little mm -hmm. teeny, teeny space. And we were able to learn a concept. I was able to develop a system and be able to perpetuate that thing, extract it, take it and plug it in another place, do a pop-up with it, and then watch the same thing happen again. So mm. the whole point of it was to teach me systems. It was to teach me um, consistency. It was to teach me, um, like, just to get out of my own way. Um, and I mean, so just in real transparency, I mean, so I come from a business background, I, I ran mm -hmm. dental practices. So I understand, you know, bottom line, I understand profit and loss statements. I get that. I understand that. But this was different. I mean, food costs, <laughs> that's a different beast. So Next. to be able to navigate this in a space, God was just gracious. I mean, it's if we November we will turn three years old. Lizzie J Corporation is still alive and kicking. So, uh, the the physical location, the one that you know, is closed. But Lizzie J the Corporation is <laughs> she's in her th she's she's not a toddler. She's starting to run, and um, yeah, it's it's about to get real fun. Uh, so. Uh, don't think about the absence as, oh, wow, it's a shame. No, see it as a launch pad. And sometimes things have to um, unpack in order to relaunch. And mm. I took it as far as I could in my finite brain. And it wasn't until things began to expand and I began to run into things and go to other cities did I begin to see, wait a minute, this is much bigger than brunch. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. It's um yeah it's 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 pretty Ooh. dope. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to push a baby into a food city and it do really well. Yeah. Um, that, Chicago's that, not easy. Me, Chicago's not easy for restaurants. And <laughs> and to have the crave for it now. I mean, this mm -hmm. morning I got a hey, are you open? <laughs> like yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, Chicago has been good to this girl. And I, just give me a second, y'all. I got something for Chicago. Chicago, I when I it. come back, oh, I'm not limping it. back. I'm not limping back. I'm coming back and we busting through Chicago, okay? When we come through Chicago, it will be the place that you can sit down. You won't have to worry about, do I need a reservation? It will be everything we all envision it could be. Just give me a minute. Oof. So, wow, you said so much. Uh, for our listeners, I hope you know you all are getting a master class. So I hope you got your notebooks out, you know, your pen, taking notes and everything, because that's for real the master class. A couple things stood out to me that you said. Uh, one thing that you start talked about was you knew that the Chicago location was um, for you to just go ahead and birth it out. One thing that I've seen just working with different business owners and entrepreneurs in like the you know space that I'm in, most people mm -hmm. never accomplish anything because they're just waiting. They're waiting for the right time, the right moment, mm -hmm. the perfect situation. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that really resonated with me because a lot of times you just have to birth it out. And then when you birth it out, you know, a lot of times I feel like God is testing us to see if we can be faithful with the few. Because when we're faithful with the few, we get a lot more that can come to us and then he can give us more. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. I hope y'all are taking notes. She's, she's in here <laughs> teaching and preaching all of the good stuff. Um, no, she's not. She's just being Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So let's talk about um let's talk about the shift, the pivot, right? So you went ahead yeah. and you closed down uh the physical location. What is mm-hmm. the pivot looking like? I know that you say you're still doing catering here in Chicago and you also have some um big things going on in the LA. I don't know if you can talk about them, but if you can, can you I let can. us know? I absolutely what's going on? can. I absolutely can. So I uh, so well, yes, to the pivot, to the pivot. It yes. has been um you know, that's the P word for 2022 and in 2021, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, yo, real talk, I know we have negative stuff to say about COVID, but I tell you what COVID taught me was that your vision is too small. What too- COVID taught me is that you you see things through this lens and the and either and, and in those perspectives you won't survive whether it had been mm-hmm. COVID or something else there's not you don't have enough to to rebound so COVID taught me to dig deeper it told me it taught me to be an avid student of the culture it taught me to find out like what is the next thing that is happening and if you are not on the cutting edge then you are simply you're hustling you if you're not building you just simply are just out here waiting and slinging things I uh, it COVID was, was so sobering. I mean, after like, you know, being able to gather myself, COVID yeah. just made me recognize that you're unprepared. You were ill prepared. You were over here playing like you own a business and mm. really it's a hobby. And it made me like, I, when I tell you, I gobbled everything that I could find from master classes. Um, hiring individuals that knew more than I did. Um, I'm, I'm a self-taught chef. So having to hire individuals who have been to school and being able to stand in the room toe-to-toe to individuals who, chefs by credentialing, but I'm chef right. by experience and, and not letting the little girl in me cringe back like, wait, they're gonna think less of me. So yeah, COVID made me put on my big girl pants and say, yo, you, you, you want to play with the big boys or you just want to hang out on the porch? What you want to do? It made me make a decision. And I'm not called to just stay on the porch. This is a thing that I'm building. So to the LA piece, um, I had never been to the <laughs> West Coast until COVID and Food Network. Um, from an invitation of being on um, supermarket stakeout, didn't do well. I mean, I, I, I was eliminated first round, but it was uh, again uh, um, a ceiling. A ceiling broke for me. So fear, like I was just like, what? I can go into an unknown. First of all, I went during the pandemic into a city I'd never been before, and was against other individuals who had won Food Network rounds. So I'm a old bird <laughs> in a second career. So what it did was it put fuel under my feet. So I was able to run the restaurant and get started. So what I also found was I kept bumping against the restaurant ceiling because what I began to see that was within me was so much bigger than those 1500 square feet. And it was last year, November, when I began to feel the walls feel like it was a lot smaller probably January is when I knew that I would transition, but I always thought that, oh, this is my baby. We're going to keep this running. And I didn't recognize that I was keeping it running and God was off to the next. And I'm like, we're going to keep this going. When I tell you November, December, January, February, March was probably the worst things that I've ever endured. And then I recognized it was my own affliction. I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do. And in the moment, I was so caught up in like, God gave me this business that I have to keep it up. But the question is, did God give you a business? And what is God saying today? So the direction did not change. The thing I was stuck in, what did he say? And what is, but the problem is, what is he saying? And I mean, to speak is an action. It's a constant thing. It's, it's, it's an evolution. So we're talking about the God of the universe who's speaking from eternity past. So what he said to start a business, my finite brain only saw this much. And what I thought was, oh my God, he changed his mind. No, Boog, you only got this much of it the first round. And it was in that moment where he began to teach me what I learned and then to see, hey, it's time to spread your wings and go a little further than Chicago. So 
that's how I got to LA and getting to LA through a, a, another invitation through James Beard, which I don't even know how that happened. Um, <laughs> I met two of the most amazing um, family members. That's what I call them now. They're family members who have asked me to be partners with them and they are putting a brunch service that is Lizzie J in their organization. They don't know me, but I truly believe that when pre preparation and opportunity come together, then favor smears all over it. And you're looking at favor. <laughs> this is that's, what favor looks like. That's favor for sure. That's beautiful. That is, that's beautiful. Um, wow. Yeah, I agree. A lot so, of people that's are the LA here. entrance. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are though, uh, definitely playing with purpose. Um, and I think the pandemic definitely forced people to either figure it out, you know, really yeah. go all in, educate themselves. And those, yeah. you know, those who are there, um, they're starting to see the fruits of said labor. And those who didn't, yeah. they're still trying to figure it out. So absolutely. The good thing though, anybody who's listening, um, if you haven't figured it out yet, it's not over, it's not too late, but you gotta. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take the time to invest in yourself. And when I tell people to invest in themselves, I talk, I talk about you gotta invest the time. You gotta invest the time, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and you gotta invest the money as well. You know, whatever that is. If you're not good with certain, like if you're not good in um, bookkeeping, maybe you need to find somebody who is. If you're not good with social media, maybe you need to find somebody who is. If you're not ding, ding, good ding. with you know, whatever it may be, you got to find somebody. Like I went and got a business coach because I needed help with some business stuff, right? I'm great Absolutely. at creativity. I'm great when it comes to media, multimedia, all of that marketing. But when it comes to actual, the business aspect, I said, let yeah. me go out and get some help. And another thing is we, you know, people complain. I talk to people all the time. I'm sure you see it too. Um, people have money until it's time to have money for what they need to have money for. <laughs> They have money for trips and vacations and yes. nights out yes. on town and new outfits. But then when it's time <laughs> to invest in themselves and invest in their business, it's like, oh, I don't have the money for it. The same with time. Oh, I don't have the time for it. But, you know, you have time to watch some master classes, to enroll in a course. If you have time to sit on Netflix for three, four, five, six hours. Absolutely. Listen, I'm glad you I get it. it. How, I, <laughs> how big is your want to? Uh, mm. that, I, that was, I, it used to be a line that a teacher used to say to me and it would irritate the you know what out of me. And she would say, how, <laughs> big, how big is your want to? And I would like complain about stuff. And she's like, you, I think those are excuses. And it would just get under my skin. And it's how bad do you want a thing? And I, and I don't, I think desperation could be an issue. I think sometimes people get desperate mm. and you kind of create it yourself. But I just truly believe that we owe it to ourselves and not to, I can't help but get super spiritual because that's who that's I am. Okay. So when you get a word, right? So everybody's, I got a word from God. I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z. Way cool. But you have a due diligence. You have a responsibility to that, right? So, you know. Apostle spoke the word. So for those that don't know, it's on my Instagram page. Like he actually spoke in 2018 about a restaurant that I would have. And I think we opened it, I think 18, a year and a half beforehand, right? But the, the, the crazy thing is that space sat empty for three years before we actually was into it. So the person was paying rent. I believe for me to hold the space. And we literally like walked into it in the same way I, I left it is how I found it. So someone's going to walk into the same type of blessing that I got. Um, Cause I just simply believe that somebody got blessed or so somebody else should get blessed. That's just the law of reciprocity. So I, I just, we have a responsibility. Um, we make things, we make God so, so deep and you know, Oh, God's going to do this. Yeah. But you have a responsibility. God tells you you're going to own a home. So that means that you need to set your finances in order. That means you need to repair your credit. That means that you have a responsibility. It's not for you to go out and go figure out how to make the money. If God gave you the word, it's his responsibility to perform it. But if God gave you a word, it's your responsibility to be able to maintain what he said. 
So if you can't hold what he said, what good is the word? So if it comes to pass and it breaks and crushes you, what good is it? So you owe the word due diligence. Let me do what's necessary so I can make a good, a, a safe landing space for this word as it begins to head towards my life. So that I can say, you know what, God, I'm a good steward over what you said for me to do. Mm. So I feel like that's what we owe. We owe to be great stewards over the words that God gives us. Oof, that was good. That was that was good. That was good. So what we're gonna do right now? Um, <laughs> I feel like we should take. I feel like we should low key take an offering right now, but we're not gonna do that. But we are gonna take a real quick break so we can go ahead and pay the bills <laughs> and shout out our sponsors, Kings Arise Clothing. You are listening to Conversations for the Culture, and we will be back after this. Hold up. Wait. Nah, for real. Hold up. Wait. Check this out. I need you guys to go to www.kingsarise.com. That's www.kingsarise.com. That's my clothing line, Kings Arise Clothing, where we provide clothes that speak. We empower and uplift the black community with our message. I just want you to go check it out. We got a lot of dope gear. And if you use the promo code COMBOS, that's C-O-N-B-O-S, you get 10% off your order. All right, back to the show. All right, all right, we pay the bills. Make sure you guys go get your gear from www.kingsarise.com. There's something for everyone on there. So I want to talk to you about something that I find that a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs have a problem with. Um, I myself have had issues with this in the past. I'm, I've gotten a lot better uh, over the past year, but the work-life balance. Can you talk to mm. me about that? How do you just... How do you manage all of that? Because we find ourselves in the space a lot of times, especially, you know, younger entrepreneurs, people, first generation entrepreneurs. It's like we got to grind. We got to grind. We got to grind. And then sometimes in that grind, we don't take care of ourselves. And then there comes burnout, mental health issues. So how do you deal with that? It's a real issue. I'm, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real issue. Um, I do believe how you start a thing is how the thing will maintain and how it will end. Mm. Um, so I, I wish I could say this was my story. Um, I wish, uh, but it's not. Um, I, I wish that I could say how you start a thing is how it ends. Unfortunately, I was in the middle of a thing and realized that I had pieces of my soul that were not whole. Uh, mm. So I truly believe that money ministry just simply magnifies who you really are if there are mm. broken components so if you are a piss poor money manager whether you are in life you probably will be that in business and you probably should get a coach you probably should go hang out with dave ramsey's course you should probably mm. do that until you get to the place where you 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 are comfortable with handling money and you don't see that hindrance is gone from you um i just I think you owe the business to be the best version of yourself financially, the best version of yourself spiritually and emotionally. Um, so with that said, you need, you, need, you need coaches for all of that. So whether that's a therapist, um, whether it's a good group of friends, I tr oh, back up. Everybody needs a village. Everyone, Ooh. and I'm not talking about people that you work with or people that are within your circle. I'm talking about your safe place that checks you when like girl you got the case of the big head okay you think you are all that and let me just check you pop i'm talking about that i'm talking about girl you bleeding on the people you yelling and screaming i'm talking about friends that come for your jugular that love you and will not allow you to evolve into this reprobate but they will speak to your purpose and pull you back and say, hey, yo, you need a break. You need a vacation. You need a massage. You need church. <laughs> you need Jesus. Whatever your insert need is, you need the, those people in your life. And I'm not talking about, you know, 30, 40, 50. I'm talking about your devout three. You probably need to have. And, and I'm just a real, I'm free. 
I'm just really free. I got a group of friends that are ratchet. I got a group of friends that will go out, we turn up, we party. And it's just, we have a good time. And in that space, it's my release. I'm having fun. Also, I mean, I have balance where I won't go past a certain place, but then I have another group <laughs> right. of friends who can look me in my eyes and say, hey, hey, you're not spending enough time at the throne because you look worn. You're looking like you're trying to execute things. And then mm. I have a therapist. I, Jesus is great. I love him, <laughs> but I'm dealing with stuff right now. And sometimes I don't, I don't tap into all of the fruits of the spirit. Sometimes I don't do that. So I need to have some, some skills. I need to have some work, some, some things that my therapist say, Hey, these are some lessons that this is how you need to communicate with people. So if you're not willing to do all of these things, I say, keep a side hustle and, and, and don't bleed on people. You, you, cause if you mean to you, it's okay. <laughs> you gonna come back to work tomorrow, but mm -hmm. if you mean to some other folks, you—I mean, folks are unstable. I mean, I—I I hope they're gonna just come back to work and not come do you some bodily harm. You don't know what people are going through, right? So I just really believe that unless you you owe wholeness to your business, you owe that, and that's in every area of your life. And if you cannot say that that's you then it sounds like you need to have a side hustle that you work for yourself until you can be whole and interact with people from a wholesome perspective where you're not damaging people. Because you're only gonna do your name far more damage in the, in the long run. Because you can only pretend but so long. You, hmm. you really aren't that good of an actor. We see you anyway. Mm. So yeah, people will come and they'll buy your stuff and they'll do that, but there'll but they'll be a backstory. You don't want a bad right. story. <laughs> you want the story to be the story. So, Oof. yeah. I don't even know. How did we get here? How did we get that here? That was good. Well, we were talking about work-life balance, but I think you answered it. Um, because, no, that all of that is important, um, especially the friend piece, but not just friends. Because, you know, a lot of people, we say we have friends, and it's just like... Just like you. I have Brand. friends who it's Brand. just brunch. You know, we know <laughs> right. We gonna go have drinks, but it's no accountability in Anybody those friendships. My, I have a friend group. One of my friend group is like six of us, and like what I love about it, we're you know we all in the same group chat, uh, but we also push and challenge each other. Um, earlier in the year, we had a um, we had a day where we did pretty much like a think tank where we all came together yeah. and pitched yeah. what we want for the rest of the year when it comes to our businesses. Yeah. And then not only was it that, but then we challenged each other. Uh, the same group of friends would tell me like during the pandemic when I was just like grind, 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 because that was like my first year of full time entrepreneurship. They're like, yeah. no, bro, you need to come out like. Let's go somewhere. Let's get out the house. Working for mm -hmm. all you do, mm -hmm. sit at home and work from home. So, like, I love that that you have different classifications for friends for different spaces. You that better, um, <laughs> or you, you better. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, the spiritual piece <laughs> super important. The spiritual piece is super important. But I also like on the other side of that, you said therapy, um, because a lot of times those of us who grow up in church, it's just oh, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Okay. Just give it to the Lord, right? Put it on yes, the altar. And, you and that's and, good. And yes, 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 you should. But sometimes you need to go talk to somebody. Sometimes you got to go talk to somebody. <laughs> over and, and over again until over and you over. get a revelation. And some people. And some tools. And some tools. And then some people, they need those tools. They need that revelation. And then some people, they need some, they might need some medicine. And that's perfectly okay. And it's okay. I don't know <laughs> yeah. why mental health stigma is. I hate it. I yeah. hate it. Because I'd rather you medicate with, with something that's going to... I'd rather medicate in a healthy way. Now, some people would say that prescription drugs aren't healthy, but it's a lot healthier than abusing alcohol, abusing drugs, and all of that type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. the question is, what are you really medicating? What do you so when you self medicate? What are you really medicating? You know, so mm. I you need to help identify the pain that you're in that you mm. are masking. So mm -hmm. that's I mean I know we're talking work life balance, but I truly believe you don't need work life balance until you deal with pain. But to the work life balance, um, in our household, 
there's like we put there's there's certain boundaries there's certain things like after a certain time we don't talk business when i first come back from being away um if we're separated for a period of time i don't talk business until we've had at least that. 24 hours where we hang out and we just kind of reconnect because listen this is not for the faint of heart this is this is this is for real out here building because there are lots of things that'll come along and try to rob and steal or even and I'm not even talking about people. I'm just talking about time stealers. I'm talking about time wasters that'll come arguing unnecessarily. I, I don't talk about marriages, but uh, <laughs> even even in friendship, though, seriously, when things are just yeah. misunderstood. So there is important. Even when I get back from a trip, it's like, OK, let's do a debrief. What did we do well? What do, what could we have done better? So that's a big deal. I feel like you need to Love do it. that in relationship and in business. Like when you come back from doing an event or when you come back from doing a campaign, what was successful about it? Did it achieve its goals? Did, you know, mm -hmm. what was its benchmarks? Did it get there? So, you know, at, at otherwise, and then once you do that, cause then it helps you with the whole balance piece. All right, let's stop talking about that because now I'm like, oh, I gotta have it at a hundred percent. And it's like, well, no, the, the balance was to be at 40% by this date. So you, you, you create the box and you stay within it. Our box, when we say, I know we said no box, but our box meaning as far as measurable metrics. Mm -hmm. So, and then once you have that, then you, okay, so next month we'll do that. But it's, it's super important and you have to give that accountability to someone other than yourself. <laughs> because you know, it's like you said, entrepreneurs, we do everything. Come on, we like, you know, we are Bob the Builder. You, what needs to be built, we bet, yeah. okay? We're doing it yeah. all. So you do need that level of accountability with someone outside of that group. I love that. Listen, that was good. Y'all really listen. I hope y'all are taking notes as you're listening. I hope that you go ahead and you replay this back. I hope that you go ahead and you even share this out with some other people. So I need y'all to share this with anybody who you know who's an entrepreneur, who has a business, or who wants to be in that space. They need to listen to this interview, okay? Mm -hmm. um, one final question, I guess. We kind of got into it, but is there any other advice that you would give to a brand new entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur who wants to get into business? I would say uh, the best thing I would tell an entrepreneur um, is to have a well-written plan um, mm. to you should, before we quit our jobs, before we announce to the world that we do those things, um, I think that it should be a well-written plan that you should be able to sell to yourself. Um, mm -hmm. You should be pitching your elevator speech in your mirror uh, before you, you know, pop it up on social media and various places looking for partnerships and opportunities to sell it. It needs to be a believable, shareable thing first um, within your wheelhouse. Uh, meaning that if I, you know, what happens if the millionaire walks up to you? We all dream of that. We all say, oh yeah, you know, uh, someone's gonna walk up and help me fund. So it does happen. I mean, there's quite mm -hmm. a few. I mean, we, we know about Tabitha Brown. I mean, mm -hmm. we know about, you know, the various folks where like, it just happened for people. Uh, and I know there's numerous more, um, but they were prepared. And, um, the admonishment I would give to an entrepreneur is you can never be overprepared. Uh, you can be underprepared, but you can never be overprepared. You need That's to know bar. your industry. Uh, <laughs> That's a bar. You need to know your industry like you know your name. And, and when you are invited to rooms um, that are bigger than you, uh, you should be, your, what you've gained about it, the knowledge that you research should level the playing field. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, um, yeah, that's good. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. Do your homework. Right. That's my admonishment. Do your homework and your research. Do your homework. I love that. And I want to speak one more thing on to that. Uh, when you're into certain rooms, I went to a conference last year, amazing conference, business conference, young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs of all ages, actually. And my goal wasn't when I got into the room, um, it wasn't to take no pictures, right? Um, there was a couple of people who I knew I needed to connect with. Uh, so one of the, the guy who did the room was uh, David Shans. He's the host of the uh, Social Proof Podcast. And my goal was to get him, one of my hoodies, one of my crew necks, some of him and uh, Donnie Wiggins, the co-host. That was my goal, to get them gear. Um, 
And that's what I accomplished while I was down there. And I didn't get no pictures with them or anything, but they have both numerous occasions wore my um, attire on their podcast, which like super popular podcast. (laughs) I think people need to learn that that's what's more important is when you get in this room, these rooms, because everybody's like, I want to get in the room. I want to get in the room or I want to get to the table, but they have no strategy. Yes. They have no strategy for when they get there. They just want to take a picture so they can post it on social media. Um, And it fade into your timeline. That part. (laughs) Because you'll get 300, 400, 500 likes. That's cool. But if I'm meeting somebody like, if I'm meeting the Diddy, I'm not going to ask for a picture. I'm going to ask to pick his brain. Hey, can I get five minutes to pick your brain? Period. Listen, you laughing. I have a Diddy list. I grew up with making the band. So, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. So, I grew up in that phase. So, I, it was a joke for me, but forever. Like, to this day, in my notes, I have a Diddy list. And I like to tell my friends, yo, I'm going to get a recorder. I got my list out. And I'm like, okay, ready, go. And I'm like, fire. I have rapid fire questions as a 57-year-old woman. If I'm given the moment, Listen, I'm seasoning it. Be an elevator, be a ride up the escalator. I have those questions right this very minute because I think that you have to have that. You have to imagine yourself because that's what that's what gets you in those spaces. You can't mm. wait to be in the space and say, I would do this. You better be in the mirror practice. That's what I mean. Right. I know we cast down imagination. I get that. But at the end of the day, that's that's what fuels you. So faith. And imagination together, you don't know what God is going to blow on. You don't even know where the thoughts come from sometimes. And a lot of times things come up and you go, is that my thought? So that's why you never know until you lean into it. You never know. I love this. This was good. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) This was good, y'all. So remember that. Remember, uh, go for the poor and not the picture, okay? That's what I need y'all to uh, take away. Well, this has been an amazing, amazing, amazing conversation. Um, talk to me. Where can the people find you? Lizzie J Cafe on every well, it's actually Lizzie J Cafe on everything. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's on everything. I'm even on TikTok under Lizzie J Cafe. Um, if you're in LA, you can see me at Post and Beam until we actually post a new address. I will be at Post and Beam, which is in Baldwin Hills in beautiful Los Angeles, California. You can see me there on Sunday and experience the Lizzie J brunch. Uh, if you're there for Juneteenth, come through. Check a girl out. She'll be there Juneteenth and she'll be back for fireworks for Fourth of July weekend. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, y'all, we want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you for listening. Uh, this has been awesome. Make sure that you do go follow Lizzie J um, on her mm-hmm. social media platforms. If you are in Cali this weekend, uh, upcoming weekend for Juneteenth, make sure that you go check her out. Make sure you just support Black businesses as a whole please, for Juneteenth. Please and thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. And not just for Juneteenth. Let's continue to period. You know, all all year, three hundred sixty-five days. I say black, black uh, support black businesses three sixty-five every so day. You guys every do that. day, all black every day. Period. <laughs> so you guys have been listening to conversations for the culture. I am your host, Michael Butler. I will be back with Portia this Friday, and we have a great show for you. Thank you again for tuning in, and we will Thank see you. you next time.